Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, December 9th, and on the podcast, we are going to answer some mailbag questions as well as update the NHL inching closer and closer to a announcement in terms of when a new season is going to start. Before I get to that, let me remind you that the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, uh, basically anywhere that you get your podcasts. And that reminds me, I need to set up a a link tree to uh, share on the Twitter and Instagram profiles. If you could kindly subscribe, uh, each new episode will be automatically added to your feed. You can download, listen, and enjoy at your leisure. And also, um, yeah, rate and review if you get an opportunity. That would be very much appreciated. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins and also on Instagram at Locked on Boston Bruins. On both platforms, you can find me, your host, at Ian C. McLaren. For those new to the podcast, I am a lifelong Bruins fan. Just turned 40, so you can kind of glean from that how long I've been following this team. Um, Been writing about hockey for about a decade now. Spent five years working at The Score as a news editor and most recently covered junior hockey for a couple SB Nation sites as I live here in Guelph and uh, following some prospects that came in and out of town and played for the Guelph Storm. With all that said, let's jump to the latest in terms of the NHL dropping the puck on a 2020-2021 regular season at this point. We all know it's going to be just 2021, and the latest comes from, well, a bunch of hockey insiders, but Frank Saravelli of TSN is who I'm going to reference here. He said on Monday, the NHL and the PA agreed to push aside their differences in economic philosophy, opting to move ahead under the framework of the collective bargaining agreement extension ratified by both sides in July. As we've talked about on the podcast, the owners were looking possibly to, you know, get some more concessions from the players because of the financial situation caused by COVID-19. And uh, I guess they are agreeing to put those differences aside and just continue to work on the logistics of an actual season in the midst of a global pandemic, skyrocketing COVID-19 numbers across North America. Uh, Sources indicated to TSN that the target date of a potential 56-game regular season is now January 13th, but that date has not been finalized. Training camps would be slated to open approximately 10 days before that, so around January 2nd, right after the holidays. It would not feature an exhibition schedule. Not too sad about that because exhibition games um, are kind of boring. Seven teams that did not qualify for the 2014 finish last season, so the Devils, Ducks, Kings, Red Wings, Sabres, Senators, and Sharks, were hoping to get a one-week's head start on opening their training camps because they haven't been on the ice since March. But 
appears that is unlikely. Um, two sides are still working through critical date calendars, so trade deadline, playoff start, and end dates, uh, as well as divisional realignment, although it certainly looks like there will be a Canadian division, and that means the Bruins will be in a rejigged division of their own, um, you know, maybe not playing the Canadians, Leafs, Senators in the regular season, playing teams more uh, geographically closer. Uh, there's also testing and health protocols, roster and taxi squad limits, a potential player opt-out provision, schedule flexibility, and how the NHL will navigate any interruptions due to COVID-19 outbreaks and local health authority or government restrictions. Basically, they want to have it so that, you know, if a game is delayed because of COVID-19, a bunch of positive tests, there's some flexibility in the schedule to push that back uh, and things like that. Uh, roster and taxi squad limits. It looks like there will be uh, some provisions made where, you know, the Bruins could have some guys who would be destined for the AHL up on the NHL roster just in case someone has to pull out of a game at the last minute. Um, so, yeah, that could be uh, expanded rosters to 26 four additional taxi squad members for a total of 30. The taxi squad would earn AHL salary, but receive NHL benefits and per diem. Now the hope is that an agreement can be reached in the coming days to be put up for approval by the end of the week. Uh, but you know, every detail needs to be sorted out. There are some areas that are worse than others when it comes to COVID uh, up here in Canada. Uh, Toronto's not great, but the situation in Winnipeg, Calgary and Edmonton, and even Vancouver is uh, worse. And so local health authorities need to be, um, you know, taken into consideration. And all of that needs to be in place before an official announcement can be made. So still a lot of balls up in the air as it pertains to hockey coming back, as it pertains to the Bruins and what division they will be playing in uh, specifically. Gary Bettman all but confirmed to NHL.com's Tom Gulitti that um, if everything stays the way it is, there will be a Canadian division and realignment in the U.S., and they're trying to focus on dealing with all of these challenges. What that might look like for the Bruins is as follows. They would likely be in a division with the New York Islanders, the New York Rangers, the New Jersey Devils, Philadelphia Flyers, Washington Capitals, Carolina Hurricanes, and Buffalo Sabres. Uh, so not, not uh, the worst situation, to be honest. But that, in a nutshell, is the latest on the upcoming season. It looks like we can expect puck to drop around... January 13th with training camps beginning January 2nd. So we should start to see some players gathering back in Boston in the coming days and uh, official announcement on all of this coming hopefully by the end of the week and stay tuned to the locked on Boston Bruins Twitter account for any breaking news there. Before we get to this week's mailbag segment, let's talk for a moment about Built Go. Built Go is an exciting new product from the makers of Built Bar, and it helps you break through 
the mental or physical wall that we all hit at some point throughout the day. Comes in easy to take in one and a half ounce packages and it brings a five hour energy boost without the same crash feeling from leading competitors and it's natural and better for your body. It's basically like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. Combines energy gel with a fast absorbing collagen protein loaded with Good stuff to ignite your workday like beta alanine, B3 honey, a kick of caffeine, and it promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Literally makes you look better as well as feel better as well. Visit BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right. Huge announcement to make on the podcast. As I was in the midst of recording and working this morning, package came to the door, and it is my reverse retro toque featuring Meth Bear on the front, NHL logo on the back from Fanatics. Wasn't supposed to arrive until Monday, but it is here and it is spectacular. I'm very excited. Posted a picture of it on the Locked On Boston Bruins Instagram. And on Twitter, so check it out. Grab one if you can because they are unreal. So mailbag. First question comes from at Mayor Out Loud, friend of the program, Mayor Zilberberg. Pros and cons of a 56-game season. I think one of the pros I mentioned earlier is that shortened season, condensed schedule, no exhibition games, which is great. Um, I think, you know, the... Shortened season will hopefully help players be fresher for the playoffs, uh, which is a bonus. Never want to have guys injured, unable to play when the games matter most. And also, it could be beneficial for the goaltenders as well. More even split. I know Mayer is a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Frederick Anderson will have fewer starts going into the playoffs especially now with Jake Allen in the mix, for example. So that would be uh, a definite benefit as well. Con, well, less hockey to watch. Um, skewed stats, not skewed, but, you know, it won't be an 82-game season, so David Pasternak will make it harder for him to get 50 goals per se. Although, pff, let's let's just say it right here. 50 goals, 56 games. Book it, David Pasternak. Uh, So those are just a few of the pros and cons off the top of my head. Next question comes from at Dave underscore NES. He wrote, just read that Vegas Golden Knights are looking to trade Max Pacioretty. What kind of value do you think he would get? And what are some possible landing spots for him? If you recall, Max Pacioretty was traded by the Montreal Canadiens to Vegas for a pretty uh, pretty sweet package, actually. It included, let me just pull it up here so I don't get anything wrong. Patchy Ready traded on September 10th, 2018 to the Canadians for Thomas Tatar, Nick Suzuki, and a 2019 second round pick. Patchy Ready has played Two seasons now with Vegas, he scored 32 goals and added 34 assists for 66 points in 71 games in 2019-2020. And 
Ty Anderson of 98.5, the Sports Hub, posted an article this morning suggesting that it could be a swing that the Bruins should take, meaning either for Max Pacioretty or Jonathan Marchessault, who's also seemingly being made available by the uh, Golden Knights. Now, Anderson mentions the push that the Bruins made for Ekman Larson of the Arizona Coyotes earlier in the offseason. And um, there are some rumors linking the Bruins to Noah Hannafin, which I'll mention here in a minute. Uh, but he argues if you can't fix the blue line, might as well take a swing and add more firepower to the offense. Um, Pacioretty has three years at $7 million per season remaining on his current contract. So obviously the Bruins would have to shed some cap space in order to make that work. But he writes as well, this is Ty Anderson, of the 26 NHL forwards to play at least 1,005 minutes last season, Patchy already ranked third among that group in goals per 60. The Bruins, of course, do need help five-on-five scoring. That's why uh, Craig Smith was brought in and uh, also what Andre Kasha can hopefully help with as well. Patchy Reddy's 260 goals since 2011 are the eighth most in hockey. Um, so how could this possibly work? Anderson writes, if these guys are so good, meaning Pacioretty and Marcheseau, why does Vegas want to move them? Well, it's to make some cap space after signing Alex Pietrangelo and Robin Leonard in the offseason. Where could the Bruins come in as a trade partner? This is what Ty Anderson writes. The Bruins have bodies, affordable ones too. On the left side, there's Jake DeBrusque. Anders Bjork, Nick Ritchie, Andre Kasha on the right side is affordable. All four players remain under team control at the end of their contracts, which is always what a team wants to hear. They also have John Moore, Connor Clifton, and prospects on the blue line that could be thrown in the mix. And you have the makings of a deal where the Golden Knights are adding players that keep them competitive, but also get them under the salary cap. The Bruins also have secondary prospects and picks to make any deal if necessary. Now, he rightly says, normally this isn't enough for players like Apache Reddy or Marcheseau, and it still might not be enough, but these are unusual times, and teams are up against it, scrambling for options. So it's quite possible that Vegas would accept kind of no pennies on the dollar in exchange for Apache Reddy to the Bruins' benefit, but... Uh, I might seem like that's a bit of a long shot, adding a guy at $7 million per season. Maybe they retain a bit of salary, but I don't know. Um, it's something that possibly the Bruins are considering. It would be very cool to have a guy like Max Pacioretty on the roster. Uh, you'd think that it would either bump uh, DeBrusque down to the third line in the event that he's not part of the deal, uh, but certainly something to consider, at the very least, from the Bruins' perspective. Um, what his value would be, I, I wouldn't think he'd get you know two roster players and a pick at this point, especially um, you know a guy with a ceiling like Nick Suzuki. I think he's a real cornerstone player for the 
Canadians moving forward, I might be a bit biased because I got to see him play quite a bit here in Guelph as a member of the championship storm team in, in 2019. Uh, he's a really special player. Um, and then to get a scoring winger like Tatar and a second round pick, I don't think he would fetch that much, especially with his cap hit. But uh, if the Bruins could get him at a discounted rate, I say, why not? Now I mentioned the Bruins have been linked to Noah Hannafin, Dave Pagnotta, the fourth period with a very uh, couched report saying uh, the Bruins are believed to have expressed interest in Calgary defenseman Noah Hannafin at some point this offseason. He explored the market, that's Don Sweeney, for a left-shooting defenseman since losing Tory Krug as a free agent to the St. Louis Blues in October. And it's believed Hannafin was at one point on their radar. Now, again, maybe this might be the NHL news editor coming out of me, but... Um, a, it's always important to look at the sources and to look at the language being used. There's a lot of belief to, expressed interest at some point. Um, Calgary, according to this report, is also believed to have interest in Bruins forward Andre Kasha. I know Bruins Twitter this morning kind of went off debating the merits of this deal. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't hate it per se. It's always good to deal from a position of strength to fix a position of weakness uh, right now the Bruins are a bit um you know empty on the left side although there are some um potential pieces there in Jacobs Borough your Hovakaninen first round picks that should be able to take on full-time NHL roles uh, I think we didn't really see the best of Andre Kasha by any means prior to the COVID pause and in the bubble. Um, so not too keen to give up on him just yet. It might be worth seeing what they have in their prospects before making any uh, deals and kind of um, taking away from what's a pretty solid right side at the moment. Um, so we'll see what comes of that. But uh, I'm not really putting too, too much stock into it at the moment. Final question comes from my friend Beth at Iverweet, who asks, who would you want to cover your favorite Christmas carol? Now, that's a great question because I don't really know. If you look at some of my favorite Christmas albums, they are the wide-ranging collection from Sufjan Stevens, who has put out you know almost 100 <laughs> Christmas songs, and that's pretty much the bulk of what I listen to around Christmas time. So he's pretty much already got it covered. His star of wonder original is probably my favorite Christmas song. David Bazan, who I also love has uh, a great Christmas album as well. I'm also listening to some uh, John Mark McMillan, who has a great Christmas album. Um, so huh, I don't know. I don't even know what my favorite Christmas song would be, to be honest. I have to think about that. Um, Oh Holy Night is pretty good. And Sufjan does have a good version of that, as does Dave Bazan, I believe. So, yeah, I guess uh, I've already got the answer to that question in the form of all the Sufjan music. But thanks for sending that in. Thank you all for sending in those mailbag questions. And uh, again, it's something that we do pretty much every week on the podcast. So if you have any questions, feel free to send them over and I'll get to them next week.
Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL, as we do here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, with the NHL gearing up for a return. Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet is reporting action starting to pick up in the free agent market. That means wingers like Michael Granlund, Mike Hoffman, Andreas Athanasiu, Anthony Duclair might be finding homes in the next few days. And, you know, that means we could also see a decision in regards to Zdeno Chara's future with the Boston Bruins and just in the NHL in general. Uh, So all that plus trade talk, I wouldn't expect that there will be a lack of hockey news uh, anytime coming up here over the next few weeks. Now, there is some uncertainty when it comes to the World Junior Championship. A bunch of Swedish coaches and players have contracted COVID-19. I believe their goalie coach has been affected as well. Uh, The schedule is set to begin December 25th in Alberta, which is, I think I mentioned before, a pretty big hotspot for the virus at the moment. Sweden has 32 players remaining in its camp and seven will be released before the team is set to travel on December 13th. The IAHF says a team must be together for one week before arriving in Edmonton and each member of the 40-person traveling party must have three negative tests for coronavirus. Once a team has arrived, all players and staff members will be in quarantine for five days in their hotel rooms and be tested daily. Sweden is supposed to be in Group B, along with Czech Republic, Austria, Russia, and the United States. Group A consists of Canada, Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, and Germany. Canada was just released from their 14-day quarantine that began on November 24th after two players taking part tested positive for coronavirus. So at this point, I don't really know why they're going ahead with this tournament, Again, it's kind of a volunteer thing, and um, I guess a lot of it, you know, comes down to TV and money. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, doesn't seem quite worth it at the moment for this tournament to go on. Uh, NHL even is a bit of a push at this point because you know there are financial implications for sure. Player salaries, teams trying to stay afloat get that revenue going but when it comes to world juniors um yeah i don't don't really know what the push is for and why it's so important to go ahead with this in uh the midst of a pandemic but here we go that's pretty much it i think for today's episode of locked on boston bruins a lot of information there off the top Some good questions in the middle. And uh, yeah, as always, just ending with some well wishes. I do appreciate each and every person who takes the time to listen to this podcast. And um, I really thank you for taking the time to do so and for interacting on on social media as well. Just a quick update pop culture-wise, since nobody asked any questions. I'm almost done season six of Sons of Anarchy. Not feeling great about Tara's prospects of survival. I am uh, also on season two of Justified, which I uh, really enjoy reading David Baldacci's The Camel Club. 
the John Grisham book, just trying to stay entertained before retiring for the day. And uh, yeah, listening to a bunch of Sufjan Christmas music as well. I hope you are all doing well and taking care of yourselves and each other. We'll be back on Friday uh, with a guest of some sort. And uh, looking forward to wrapping up this week's episodes of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thanks so much again for listening. And uh, have a great rest of your Wednesday, friends. Take care.